It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah! Boy. Welcome to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. No, that is not Bull. Bull's out. I am a... Tyvis is in. Bull has lost a ton of weight. Yeah. went tanning. Do you know... <laughs> so let's go! Do you know what... Yeah! Bull, do you know if y'all did a body swap, what Bull would do to your body? He just be doing all kind of stuff. First of all, you go watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you go do. You like, I've been talking since body. Yeah. You'd have bumped your head. Fornicate, fornicate, fornicate. No, but. <laughs> no. <laughs> The boy, the boy that bumped his head this morning. Oh, my goodness. Uh, welcome to the program. Busy day. Uh, we're going to actually put a bow on week six. Some of the things that we didn't get to talk about that we saw that uh, was brought to our attention from all the action. We'll, uh, we'll wrap that. Also, uh, I can't wait for this. Mikey McNuggets went into the trade laboratory. Mm, yeah. And he has six trades that he says we absolutely must consider. Well, he said five of them are legit. Yeah. One of them is a fairy tale. Yeah, it's going to be fun, though. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. Because, look, this team is in a position where they've got one of the tenants, one of the tent poles to winning a Super Bowl yep. is a great defense. Yes. Check. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need we, to, you there know. are other things that you, <laughs> you know, need to win a Super Bowl, <laughs> like a wide receiver room. I, I was, <laughs> wide receiver room. Right. You need uh, to take care of the football. You need to create takeaways. That's exactly right. So, you know, if – we have to miss more time with our quarterback. Are we in a position with the backups we have to make a playoff run? These are questions that they're answering inside Berea. McNuggets asked those questions yesterday and decided, I'm going to make this football team better. I like McNuggets because when you first hear what McNuggets says, when he first puts the trade out, I don't know what it is, but when he first put it out, it's going to sound like it's blasphemy. But then you think about then it. Then you sit back and think about it like it really ain't that bad. Right. So well, I'm I actually excited for you, McNuggets. Yeah, I hope that's the case. A little teaser on that. Jason's not here today, but yesterday after the show, I brought Jason upstairs to, the to lab. our new office, by the way. We have moved offices Oh, I didn't know that. Today. Where'd yeah. you move to? Across the hall to the closet. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Wait. Yeah, no, I'm serious. Wait, the show has become a runaway hit, and, and they take away your corner office with a lake view. We have no windows in the new office. And we put in you in a closet? Yeah, we're, it's okay. It, it's okay. It's crazy. We're going to pimp it out. Yeah, it's it's sad, I, I usually go up to visit. I don't even really want to There's no go other up workers there no up there, though. They, they like, did so they, give well, – they gave Earl and I real desks, though. So, like, that's a plus. Oh, wow. So, wait, who got your office? We're not going to air dirty laundry. You're not going to go there? No, we're That's not disrespect, go there. though. <laughs> Dang, bro. I'm just saying. I, I mean, the work it's okay. that this it's show okay. has done. Jay, what it's happens okay. if they move your desk upstairs? I, I've been here. Hey, nice desk. I'm what they call leaning into the tape. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> F around and find out. <laughs> As I was saying just earlier, we, uh, unacceptable. we brought Jason upstairs to the new office. He was the first visitor. Right. And I ran all these trades by him to make sure from an outside perspective, because he's not here today. Yeah. Is the compensation at least in the ballpark of where it should be? And do these make any sense? And Jason, one of them, he was like, I'm mad at myself for not thinking of that. So that's wow. a little teaser for later in the show. And you know he's frugal in the picks. Now, wait a minute. Did you think frugal. of these or did frugal you scour the, the internet and see what other people are suggesting? No, these are straight for – oh, one of them came from a discussion we've had, but the other okay. five are Very good. From, the, from the Dome. All right, that's coming up later in the show. You don't want to miss that. Um, you're going to get some valuable information. Also, week six PFF grades. We're doing oh, it a little different this time. Okay. First of all, Mikey said the numbers are stunning in both directions. Guys you thought played great. Uh-uh. Guys, you thought stunk it up. Maybe not so bad. Not mild. He's going to give us three grades, and he's going to say which of these is not like the other. Which one doesn't belong in this group? And then it's up to us to pick them out. That's going to be hard. That's a real hard way of doing it. Because, first of all, when we look at the PFF grades week to week, we're like, what? wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> what? And we've had guys on. Who was on recently? Uh, Lomas Brown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not like Lomas took a steaming hot dump all over yeah, PFF yeah, grades. Yeah, and Dan. Yeah, well, so we'll talk about that. Uh, and also Mary Kay Cabot's here. And the reason I'm anxious to talk to her is because there's just been so much information, so much misinformation <laughs> about the Deshaun Watson injury. Where the heck do things stand now? You know, what? how far along is he? What's the likelihood that we see him Sunday? And will we see him if he's not 100%? That's where we're going to start our show today. But Tricky. before we do, our first hello of the day to Mikey McNuggets. Hey, buddy. What's up, guys? Hey, we talked about it yesterday. We've got to mention it again. But we have been without a fan, uh, sports book, excuse me, for a long time here on UCSS. We are now officially part of the FanDuel Network. So if you are a new customer looking to get into the sports gambling world, you better do it with FanDuel and use the, uh, the link fanduel.com slash UCSS. A first customer bet gets you $200 in free bets, win or lose. So you place a $5 bet on FanDuel, you get $200 in free bets, win or lose. That is guaranteed off a $5 bet. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. If you're feeling good about the Browns, head over to FanDuel.com slash UCSS. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL, official partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. I mean, how do you go wrong with that? If I gave you a $5 bill and said... Now I want 200. No one's going to make that trade. No. Nobody. But you you place a $5 bet, you get 200 free dollars? That is a that's, that's like crazy. a dream come true, actually. It is a dream come true. But no. you got to handle no. a dream come true. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, you got to be strategic how you 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 do. That 200. You can you stretch can't. that. I told you I've got a friend that bets a like dollar. eight team parlays, and he throws a dollar on him every day. <laughs> Mostly baseball. Mm-hmm. But this guy's a sports savant, kids. I'm telling you, he is a sports savant. You I don't know eight, how the hell he does you it. You hit an 18-league parlay. He's hit, he might be the greatest. He's hit two 10-team parlays. That's crazy. Two of them at a dollar. Man, I hit a one. I hit a 10-league parlay. Did you really? I did. I, ten, God, $10, the odds of doing that. $10 are, flipped to... 
$1,600. Oh, he made $63,020-something. Have you ever seen a blackjack dealer do a 10-car parlay? <laughs> two, three, ace, I mean, ace, what are the six, odds? five, four, two, I mean, 21. You know, you know what you do when you see that? You go and push away from the table. Yeah, you get up from that table. You be like, because he's a witch. Yeah. <laughs> he's a witch. Yo, I'm, I got that. I'm, I'm, I'm on 20. And I have seen that. Yeah, I mean, car, and you're just sitting there, your jaw is a gate. Oh, it had me they, same thing happened to me in Canada. I was there for like 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then he, did, said, he no, went, to the tin car, went to the 10 car parlay and it was done. Yeah, some like, of those dealers are like vacuum cleaners. Oh they just hook their hose right up to your wallet. Sometimes you just throw your wallet on the table and say, it take was, it all, I'm out. It, it was three or four young boys that came up and sat right next to me, right? See, and that's part of it, too, right. because if they don't know what they're doing, yeah, they, they can mess, mess up, up the your whole plan. thing. The young boys kept sitting down. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm decreasing these bets. These are $5 bets. These are getting all the way reduced. But he was doing them young boys. You can see the desperation in their face. <laughs> <laughs> they scratch together their little allowance money. They out of here. I'm like, bro, I hope you don't got nobody to go home to report to. It's rough. It's bad for you, bro. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, we just briefly touched on it. But Deshaun Watson, it seems like, and I don't, I, I don't want to be the purveyor right. of this information. <laughs> but when you, I call it picking up breadcrumbs. Because yeah. that's what the organization leaves, little trails, and we're supposed to follow them. And right now, it does feel like he's trending towards returning, perhaps against Indy, but certainly against Seattle. Yeah. But we were told he was cleared to play, and he wasn't. <coughs> or, or, or Later, it came out, who cleared him? No one cleared him. Then the GM said he's going to play in 10 days, and he didn't play. Mm. And so there's just been so much stuff, but... I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, it feels like the wind vane's blowing in the direction of him playing. What percentage does he need to be if you're the general manager, Andrew Barrett, or the head coach, and you're going to help make this decision? Where do the doctors need to tell you he is for you to say, put the pads on, let's go play? Is 70% high enough? No, 80. I need 85 I need him to be at least Because 70%, like, stuff happens over a course of a game. Like, you... Depending on the game plan, like it still might affect his throwing motion, his throwing ability. Right. So I can't really open up my playbook all the way entirely and get the full Deshaun Watson effect <laughs> if he's only 70%. If right. he still can't make those throws, I'm not putting him out there. Then on top of that. P.J. Walker better than Deshaun Watson at seven. 84%. 84? Well, you said you need him to be at 85%. Well, I'm, I'm thinking longevity. In this I am too. Okay. Yeah. Yes. 84%. You know what I say at 84%? It's your call. That's what I tell Leave it up to him. G. Bush, call. what about you? Is no. 70% enough for no. you to put him out there? No. 100. I need 100. You and I are. You are. Y'all. Y'all. Explain yourself. Uh, so, Tyvis, this is why. You know, this is a very, this was the obvious call. When you're doing 100, the reason you do 100 is you can protect yourself. Now I know that there's less room for injury if he just throws the ball non-contact. I know for a fact now that he can protect himself. He can run. He can throw. He can make all the passes and he's comfortable. If I get to 100, now I can say to myself, I can run everything I want to. I'm not in a, like I don't have any inhibitions about you know him throwing the ball downfield. And the biggest reason is I already know that I got a a a. a, a a top defense, a Super Bowl defense, and if I could steal a game in Indianapolis with a backup quarterback to get him to 100, 
I'll do it. I don't even care if you if you start patting, you know, wins, you get to four and two, hopefully. You know, I don't like looking ahead. But even if you go into Seattle and he's like 90%, guess what? I've won a couple of games in a row that give me a nice opportunity to say, we're yeah. not tripping like that. We got Arizona, warm weather. Is they playing Arizona at home or, or, or in Cleveland? Arizona's it's not, it, I think, it, Arizo- at Arizona. Yeah, okay, right. nice and warm. It's a, it's a nice climate. You don't have to worry about the weather or whatever. He could get warmed up. That thing won't tighten up on him again. And then I would shoot for them. That's just 100%. Because you know you now have a defense that can keep you afloat even if you don't play your best game. You know what I love about – so I'm going to call the new G. Bush's homeowner G. Bush, okay? <laughs> homeowner He's more mature <laughs> and conservative. Yes. Because yes. now he understands that's real money when you leave the lights on and leave a room. That is the mature adult in the room decision to make. Sorry, Tybus. But here's why. For all the reasons that you said, we've – been told from a number of surgeons and doctors that live in this world that the increased, it is a real scenario that he has a greater chance of tearing completely Mm. that rotator cuff if it's not 100% healed. So if there is a bruise there and there was some minor tearing in there and that's what led to the the fluid loss and the bruising, Obviously, it's like a rubber band. Once you cut it and continue to stretch it, you have a high likelihood of tearing it. If it's fully intact and grown back together, it's as strong as it was before the injury. Mm -hmm. The Browns were at this same apex in 2021. They had an injured Baker Mayfield, and they were told he needs surgery. But... He took a game off. He came back against Arizona, oddly enough. He took a hit in the same shoulder, and now it's wrecked. And really, in that moment, their season evaporated. Yeah. And this was coming off a year in which they won 11 games and won a playoff game and barely lost to Kansas City at the Chiefs. They were close. It's not like they were light years away. Make the conservative decision here. You've proven that with a backup quarterback and an elite defense – you can beat a 5-0, and which is easily in the top two teams in the NFL, yep. maybe the best. This isn't that big of an ask. Yes, it's on the road. And yes, this Colts team with Gardner Minshew beat the Ravens in Baltimore. Anything is possible. But I think we all agree what on this, on this panel would agree that the degree of difficulty of going to Indy and getting a win with P.J. Walker is a molehill compared to the mountain that was beating the San Francisco 49ers with him. Get your franchise quarterback well. And to the 85% thing, the degree of difficulty in the NFL, and we see it on so many throws every week, it's an inch here or there. It's putting a ball in a window with converging defenders from two different sides, and you you got to gun that ball in there and if your arm isn't completely up to full strength, that's where Baker went wrong. Baker thought, it's not my throwing shoulder. I can still make throws. Tony Romo was saying, no, he can't. You don't even understand how much velocity you lose and accuracy you lose because all your mechanics change when you have a, even a left shoulder injury. This is his throwing shoulder. I need him well. We're going to go as far as this guy takes us, not P.J. Walker. Put it on the defense again. Go to Indy. Yep. Come back 4-2. and two. Yep. 
McNuggets, you have thoughts on this? Would you dare put him out there if he's less than 100? I mean, if he's like 90, 95%, I think I would roll the dice. But to be completely honest, if they can beat San Francisco with P.J. Walker at quarterback, I know it's an any given Sunday, any team it can is. win in any situation. Yeah. But with this defense playing at the level it currently is, I don't think the risk in the immediate future is – or the reward in the immediate future of one win is worth risking – what yeah. could be a 10-game stretch towards the end. Plus, I yeah. think P.J. Walker, despite the numbers not looking great, he did what he was asked to do for the majority of the game against San Francisco. Yeah, he And did. that's all you can really ask for a guy who's being elevated from the third string from the practice squad against a defense like that. So I, I would go with Walker. I just don't want to... If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The worst, see, I don't, I don't want to go into these other weeks and think just because they did it against San Francisco that that's just going to be what it is. Like, I think that a lot of emotions went into this game. Um, a lot of doubt from outside peers went into that locker room and they, they heard it yeah. and they went and they came together and said, we want to prove the world wrong on this. And, and they did. They did. And that thing that, that's is, a fair point. The thing is, like the Colts, like you're, now you're favored again. Now you're, you're supposed to go out there and you're supposed to beat them. And I don't want them to take their foot off the gas. Like when you have a dominant performance like that and you do the unexpected, like – to come back the next week, like, now everybody's like, this is what you need to be. Like, we expecting yeah. it to be this. And sometimes people relax a little bit because, like, we just beat the Have best. Have you seen that NFL it, locker room? Perhaps yeah, San Francisco happens, was guilty it, of that Sunday. Yeah, it happens they all came the, off the win and the against high Dallas, of beating yeah. Dallas. It's, it happens they, all the time. It's a trap game. So that's why I'm like, I'd rather have Deshaun in there because I know at least that spark is still there because it's like my number four back in the locker room. Let's go. You also know this. If you're Barry and Stefanski, you know you're treading water and swimming for your life here. Oh, absolutely. You also understand that if you do bring him back a week early, you know where Indy's going to go. I mean, he's got a target on that right shoulder. Yeah. If they take him out and it's a complete tear and the doctor comes to the podium Monday morning and says – Guys, we're going to do surgery on Deshaun tomorrow morning. His season is over. How does that make Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski look, knowing that what we know, that there is a higher likelihood of him completely tearing that rotator cuff if he takes another hit there? They come. They come. They're gonna come after that. That's that's gonna oh, be. Oh, yeah. I a mean, bullseye. what? Not that's just a bullseye. not just now for the rest of the season. That's right. Man, everybody's coming yeah. after but, that. But Ty, but like, I I do understand what you're saying. Like people's kind of take their foot off the gas. But I haven't seen that with the Jim Shorts defense. I haven't seen I haven't seen them rest on their laurels this year. The well, Ravens Baltimore. game. No, 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 no. That wasn't resting on their laurels. <laughs> Baltimore, <laughs> oh, hold on. Baltimore came out and did their thing. Baltimore came out and, and had some wrinkles for him. Lamar Jackson was putting the ball on the money. They came out and played well. Like they, like it wasn't like. What was weird though is that they just what they get six field goals against Tennessee. Yeah, 
Like, it's not like Baltimore's been this offensive juggernaut. They looked the best they've looked all year against this defense. Yeah. Gr- granted, real quick, it was two short fields. Like, two I get that. touchdowns were very short No, fields. I get that. <laughs> right. Well, one was a really short field. <clears throat> First play after an interception, 10-yard yeah. line. I yeah. hear what you're saying because I'm with you. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't – with Jim Schwartz, I don't think that – because what's, what's, what's happening is right now the world, the world is going – that defense is unbelievable. You guys are the oh, best. flowers you're, you're the best since the 80s Bears. And, you know, Jim Schwartz is coming in like, you're the best, huh? Look, look at this. We're, you're not in your gap on this right, play look, right here. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't – everybody out here telling you guys you're so good. But, look, you missed this right here. Ain't you supposed to be right here? You missed this tackle. Like, so, he's making sure that they stay hungry and they don't get complacent. You never played under Jim Schwartz, correct? No, but I just know the type I, of person I'm wondering if you if, – I'm sure you have friends in the league that have – Yeah, have Malcolm you, did. Okay, have you had conversations with him about things like that? Like how he keeps his team from looking past a trap game. Yeah, they say that uh, he's uh, he's he's very honest, and he does he does exactly what I just said he does. He's going to point out he's going to point out your flaws yeah. all the time. So you always I like that in your mind. You're never thinking, man. I'm really great. Like Good. you you won't think that because it's like I still got to get I got to get better at this. I missed this. I messed that up. So it's like in your mind, it's always working. Like I still got to get better, well, and, and it keeps you hungry. I, I like that. And we also heard Stefanski. I think it was on Monday yesterday, say, "Trust me when I tell you, we're not concerned about stats. Jim's not looking at stats. I'm not looking at. We yeah. don't care about they should stats. Be. Yeah, they should. And be. where we fit in in the pantheon of the all-time great defenses, we have." 17 one-game seasons. Yes. And last season is over, Mm. San Francisco. And now we got another season to get ready for against the Colts. And then when that's over, you'll put that one to bed and you'll start thinking about Seattle. And I do think that that's the best way to look at a season. Absolutely. Game to game. He was even talking about after the game, like he seen it in their eyes. He just knew that they was going to have a good week because – Coming into that week, it was San Francisco, and they he said that that defense yeah. was so hyped in practice. It brought so much energy to practice because they knew the task. They knew, like, if we if any chance we got to win in this game is going to be through us. Like, yeah. we got a third-string quarterback. Unless he's Willie Beeman, we we, we going to struggle in this <clears> game. So, yeah. they had to be on it, and they were locked in, and they were ready to go. I like I one know. of the things he said in his postgame comment was, it's – Whatever it sounds like to be ready in practice, that's what it sounded like. Yeah. You know, in, in other words, the hitting, the chirping, mm-hmm. the guys, they were saying all the right things. He's just like, you could just tell from the sounds yeah. at practice this week that they were ready. And, you know, <clears throat> I'm looking at it like this. They, they still ain't even played their A game. That's the part that, that why I don't think they'll fall off. To me, you as don't, I, You don't think they've played as good as they can defensively? Nope. Because, nope. look, Zedaria Smith... He don't even have a sack this year. Right. Uh, Greg Newsom, no picks yet. He dropped it. He, right. Uh, 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 Mar- <laughs> Martin Emerson just God, got a If they can play better. <laughs> I mean, oh, it's always room for improvement. Like they're, they're, I mean, yes. a court, a court, we're about to find out PFF-wise. Like, well, they haven't pitched a shutout yet. They ain't pitched yeah, a shutout. True. Like, they haven't, they haven't scored on defense yet. There's a lot of things that they, yeah, could, be, they could be doing. So, to me, you know, one thing that travels week to week is if you got it, effort. If you got effort week to week, you may not be always be able to execute, but effort cleans up a lot of different things. And I haven't That's a seen fact. I have not seen the Browns have a problem with effort and Jim Schwartz getting it out of. Ah, uh, I seen one bad effort play 
in San Francisco there. At the end of the game, when Brand Ayuk caught that ball, oh, yeah, that, 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 I, I don't know what Taki Taki was doing. Like <laughs> I don't like, know what Martin was doing. It was I, they, like, they just kind of took that play off, and it, I was just looking at them like, It kind of was like tripping. one of them things where they told him, don't let him get out of bounds, and then – Yeah, but there's better kept, ways to do that. They could have just, they just <laughs> let him cut back against the grain. I'm like, dang, tackle yeah, the man. Yeah. So, yeah, but, but I'll, I'll say this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it stuck out like a sore thumb. I'm the, sorry. But the Colts. It would have been a huge deal if that kick was good. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, they would have been getting chewed out forever off of that. Because that one play, he got like, what, 30 yards off yeah, that play? Yeah. It was the one play you couldn't give up, yeah. really. And and they did. So, look, if there's room for If they can get better and, you know, they start turning the ball over and throw a shutout here or there, that would be nice. Yep, uh, I like that. My goodness. They get a shutout. I'm like, yeah. I mean, it's the, this kick is possible to do it. It's the week to do it. I tell you that. Gee, you mentioned Zadarius <coughs> Smith. I'm not sure there's a player in football who's been better this season without the traditional stats backing up what he's done on the field. Oh yeah, he's yeah. top ten in almost every pass rushing analytic in terms of pass yeah. rush win rate, right. fastest time to pressure, getting off blocks in the run game, like anything that doesn't actually show up in the box store. He's excelling at, but no and then you look at his season stats, and it's like eight tackles, no sacks. He's done nothing. Well, that just – if you think that, yeah. that means you're not watching the game. It's almost like offensive line, though. Offensive line, yeah. there's no I – mean, the only stat is, you know, quarterback sacks allowed, right. uh, pressure rate, holding penalties. Please. Typically, <laughs> if you're noticing them on the offensive line, it's not good. Bad things happen. But, but he is disruptive. He was in the backfield a number of times at, at the same time the ball was getting there. Yeah, like he's crazy. It's like he's – and that's what Jim Short said. He said, you know, well, we don't look at the stats about it, man. You know, the stats can be the crazy when you look at it and say, well, he doesn't have any interception. He doesn't have any sacks. He only had one quarterback hit. That's not what it's about. There's lots of times where you can have a great pass rush. You can win. You can be about to get home. Quarterback steps up and somebody else gets a sack. Not, right. even, not even that. It's him in the run game. He puts, yeah. he, puts he puts a stop sign to whatever side he on. If you're yeah. a running back and you're supposed to go right, that tackle, he, you cannot get outside of Zedaria. And that's what we need. And that's like the you best know, part. That you got 10 other dudes inside out. That could allow – because you don't know – necessarily when the ball is snapped run or pass right but if you know you've got a run stuffer in the middle and you're miles and you want to get home you don't have to worry about run content you just you're going you're mm-hmm. coming for the quarterback and let someone else handle the run and smith has done that you know and, and the great thing about it is leading see, see defense I, I don't this is the age old thing would you would you rather have an all-time great offense or an all-time great defense? I'm biased. For me, when you have an all-time great defense, I'm biased. The, it, it's tough to get anything off. Like, yeah. I've seen all-time great defenses put put Randy Moss and Tom Brady on ice. Like, I, I can't believe they, they went through the whole year, did not lose, and that pass rush with the Giants, uh, with, with Tuck, and, and, and your boy, uh, O.C. and, and uh, Strahan was ridiculous. They could get the ball off. Did Strahan break the record for sacks? That yeah. We, was it the, it was I don't a, know if it was that year. That year, it might have been a but year. But that's be, always t- you it know, was, touchy It was not subject. that season. Oh, I mean, that God. was, you know, because Brett Favre decided to fall down. Right. Yeah, give yeah, him yeah. that last sack. Don't, don't was that, that the last game of the year? Don't do that. Look the at Brett Favre sack? Yeah, it was. Oh. Uh, I mean, anybody that's Did T.J. White almost break that like two years ago? I think he tied it. Oh, he tied it. Oh, wow. Let me double check. Last year. 
That was last year? No, that was two years ago. Was two, I think it was last year. I don't know. McNuggets is going to tell us. He's been hurt. He's been in thought, and out of the lineup. I thought he. I, yeah, he tied uh, in 2021. Okay. So he might be the real yeah. sack leader. But it was also 17 games. Stop doing that. Versus he, he, six. It counts. You've, of course, it, it counts. He touched him down. It's a but good, it's a good. even when they <laughs> ask Brett Favre about it to this day, he can't talk about it without laughing. <laughs> that's crazy. He I did. mean, that's nuts. Here you I, go. Here's I, your I, gift. Hey, if, what a guy! Yeah, what a guy! You know, that's Brett Favre. Dude. <laughs> what a he's, guy! He's that kind of dude. You know, I, you I want to take it. I look at it, and, and, and now now it opens up a lot of doors. Now, like. I agree with you. It's kind of scary to kind of project where the Browns could go, but their performance opens up your mind a little bit, and it gives you the freedom to say, "Okay, what if? Like, okay, this is this is this is something new. Let's figure out where we could go with this." And and my thing is, if they can get PJ Walker to stop throwing interceptions, um, <laughs> and I watched I, last night. I watched it all twenty-two. What are you, what's your takeaway? All twenty-two last night. Did you see the, that coop play I sent to the chat where he uh, was wide? He uh, dropped, oh dropped the receiver goodness. off the line. He dropped it. And what mixtape? How did he miss that? <laughs> he I was, don't I know. Mean, he's the best receiver running oh, completely alone in the middle of the wild. field. It was crazy. Oh, my goodness. He hit him with a two-step so bad. It was so bad. He was so open. <coughs> There's a lot of times in the run game, I know people keep saying, well, the run game's not working. Well, the run game's not working. It's effective. They – it shows you what you'll do. If you run for 160 yards, they could have ran for more. They could have ran for more, but it's a t- it's a play here or a play here. When they're running inside zone, they're doing a bad job of of climbing to the next level. There's plays where there's two guys on one guy instead of one guy understanding that his, his lineman's going to come get this one and he can climb to the next level. Well, I think that's, for t- that's been – I mean, you, that was going to happen this game because yeah. – you got a new guard in there, and you still got Dewan on the right. So, and for some odd reason, they say Dewan's not really good in the run, which is so Wyatt Teller is stuck and can't move to the next level. Then on the other side, you got a guard with a young guard with Michael Dunn and Jed Wills. He just want to make sure he got his guy before he even try to leave. Period. Yeah, so, there, there's yeah. a long one. Yeah, you go yeah. To level <laughs> we got to make sure he take care of this first. And, and one thing that is, is evident before we go to you, Mikey. I don't want to see Elijah Moore in no reverses. There's lanes there. He's just he, He's they, missing him. He needs to put his foot in the ground and uh, get vertical. Well, it was evident because Marquise got in there and he did it. Right. <laughs> he all your all his plays, Damn. they need to transfer him right to him. Cash app him all his plays. Venmo me that Venmo playbook. Me that playbook. <laughs> all right, Mike. Yeah, this weekend when I was at the the tailgate, I got a bunch of questions about the pants I was wearing because they were so stylish, comfortable, and athletic. And I had to tell everybody, if you want a pair of sweatpants just like these, you got to go check them out at birddogs.com. They are, as I said, the most comfortable sweatpants I've ever had. You can work out in them, or you go out in public and still look cool, calm, and collected. Check nice. them out at birddogs.com. Now, 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 Mikey, before you do that, like I got to say something. Mikey just did something, and it's, it's, I like to talk about things that are out that that are outlawed now, even though you think they're they're harmless. Yeah, I know what you're gonna say. Outlawed. You can complimenting another man's pants. Actually, worse than that is complimenting a woman's pants. Oh well, yeah, that's taboo. <laughs> no, you definitely can't do like, that. There is no, never, no the compliment like, is gone com- away. Compl- you cannot. Hey man, I like your pants. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Either it, way, it, yo, the pant the, the pants to yourself. Anything below the waist is out of here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, Mikey, you're a good man because that was cancelable offenses. People, <laughs> so, 
If they was talking about your pants, that's not cool, Mikey. The cancel of both. But you know what? He said, well, thank you. These yeah, are bird dogs. These are bird dogs. Yeah, I man. get it. Yeah. I get it, man. Now, They're that good looking. Check them out. Birddogs.com. Very nice. <laughs> very, very nice. Now, do they make pulls, too? They, they have all athletic wear. They also have really cool hats. I mean, so, I'm in birddogs.com. Do they, have to, do they make athletic quarter zips? That's I bet they so. do. The yeah, older I, I get, so. the more I'm in the quarters. I can tell <laughs> 30 is approaching. Yeah. Yes. That, that's you, know, that. you know what Tyvis is like? The Geico uh, commercials about you becoming more and more like your yeah, parents. Yeah, Have my, you seen the one on the internet training? Oh, my God. Just because it's a vegetable well, doesn't mean you're talking about a vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> and then one guy goes, hey, what's it? What? How do you slide into someone's DMs? That sounds like <laughs> fun. No, 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 no. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Don't do that. Oh, Don't becoming your parents. What a yes, great ad is. campaign. Great. So uh, guys, is it progressive? I can't. Re- I can't even. It I think progressive. it is progressive. It is yeah, progressive. progressive, and those commercials are pretty funny. Great, absolutely great. All right, what do you got, Mike? You want to you, you want to pivot now and and talk about was Sunday the best win? Yeah, I do. Because because I think it's prisoner of the moment, but I'll let you guys answer first. Regular season, by the way. I know. Regular yeah, I, I I get that. I get that. No, I'm gonna tell you a better win. I can give you two better wins. Don't say Thursday night against the Jets. <laughs> Baker Mayfield. That's top five. It was definitely electric. I ain't gonna lie. I was there. You it were was, there that night too. I you? wasn't there that I night. I was there that I night. I was in um, San Francisco, but I was watching it on TV. I left drunk on victory. Woo! I didn't have I didn't have the victory Bud Light, but I left drunk that on victory. A, that was a big the, win. The Browns beat, I wanna say, two thousand and three. They beat Prime, oh. Michael Vick, and Jim Donovan gives the one run William run. Oh yeah. To make the playoffs. To cap, they had to win that game, and they won that game. Um, the Browns ended up going to the playoffs, playing the Steelers, and they had that game won, except for the Steelers just basically ran back a kick, and Kelly yeah. Holcomb threw for like four hundred yards. They ended up losing. Yeah, yeah but but yeah, um, I, mean, I was young, but I remember watching that. Yeah, game. that was a big, big, big victory. Was that that was William huge. Green was the yeah, back? William yeah, Graham? and Jim's call was all time. Yeah, great. yeah, one where one. Yeah, that's a bigger one. See that—that's too far back. God, I ain't looked that. Well, we're far. going back to '99. Yeah. <laughs> what year were you born? '94. <laughs> child. Man. Regular season, you say? Yeah. This. Yeah. Is- now, really, for your purposes, I mean, you don't remember anything before you were ten. You can't. When was you born? '94. So we're talking '04. I got five years of. Dang. Yeah, that's tough. That's, that's a, yeah, that's a long way away. He's I got my top two is the Thursday night against the Jets in this one. Uh, would this one be better than that? I mean, from an atmosphere standpoint, the, oh, the Jets, Jets was win. way better. It way was better. It was the that was the <laughs> best win I've experienced inside the new stadium. But this one was it's because of what he had. Like the circumstances of this game, yeah, like, and, and and the fact that we expected it to be a loss, exactly. So mm. I like, yeah. <laughs> so Sunday, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's for me. It, it's really hard to say one is better than the other. From the, the Thursday night win stands out because you have to remember we broke a how long losing streak? Yeah, what thirty? I mean, it was one thirty-two, thirty-three, thirty-two, I mean, thirty-three, something like that. It was ridiculous. Yeah, okay, well, it was absolutely it, it ridiculous. Was <laughs> and when we walked out, I remember I've never seen a crowd collectively that euphoric. Not even leaving playoff games, but I just remember the thought was, 
we got it. We, we finally got it. Mm-hmm. Because in that moment, there were no Baker detractors. No. None. No. Everybody was like, wow, as advertised. Shows up, winning streak's over. First time he touches the field. So that was really, really, really big. Yeah, it was. For me, and this is totally personal, nobody, nobody else would say, oh, yeah, that game. But I've told this story on the air before. It's appropriate today because today, October 17th, is the 15th anniversary of my father's death. And the last game he ever watched in any sport was the Browns-Giants primetime game in 2008. Braylon Edwards had a long touchdown. The Giants were undefeated. They were the defending Super Bowl champions. And the Browns won, but it wasn't just that they won. I remember telling my mom that morning, I really don't want to do this because the last time my dad sees the Browns, it's going to be a thumping because – Hospice had told my dad and the family earlier that week, 72 hours. He'd been a long fight with cancer. But I told my mom, God, I wish, I wish it wasn't the Giants. Like, he's going to have to go out on that. That stinks. And right hand to God, you can look up the box score. It was October 13th, 14th, mm-hmm. a few days October before he 14th. died. October 14th. You have the box score. It was 35-4. I remember the details of every play of that game. It was 35-14. Correct. The Browns didn't punt. Correct. They didn't fumble. Correct. And they didn't throw an interception. Correct. Every drive they had ended in a touchdown except for the drive before halftime, which they ran out of clock. The Giants scored 14 points, and the Browns looked on that day like they were an absolute world-beating team. Who was the coach at the time? Oh eight. Cronell? Romeo? Ro- was it Romeo? I don't. I don't. Was this know. the Tennessee season? No, 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 no. This is after eight. It was October. Was that the Tennessee season? No, Tennessee was two thousand seven. They did. They didn't have a great team that year. The Browns. No, they they were supposed to be coming back and having a great year. Derrick but Anderson, they did not. Was this Derrick Anderson, this Braylon De- Edwards, Keller Williams? <laughs> and, and, and during that during that first part of that year, Braylon Edwards had like 19 touchdowns or something stupid in 20. It, it was in 07 he had them touchdowns, but he had some drops though. So starting off that year, he had dropped like three or four bombs, just wide in his right. hands, yes. wide open. Well, Braylon Edwards comes back, he catches the football in this game, and I believe. Um, was Ruben Drones on that team? Might have been. Ruben um, Drones, man. The, the other thing Woo-wee. that I remember about it was my uh, hospice had said double his medication because he was on morphine. And be, once, once you get towards the end, they said, we want him to be euphoric. He might be a little delusional. He'll lose some of his deductive reasoning, but he'll be very, he'll feel great. He'll be in a good mood. He won't be somber and solemn knowing that the end is near. My dad was actually making jokes about, you know, it's time to go. And, and it was very, it was just a wild, wild transformation once we doubled his medication. When the game was over, it was time to go to bed. I was out in Phoenix with them for four or five weeks before he passed. My dad said, and, and this, he thought this was true when he died. And again, because the morphine had kind of altered his reality, even though he was in the moment in the games, you know, knowing every play and knowing everything that was going on, big picture, he was a little delusional. And he, with all the seriousness in the world when the game was over, he said, wow, Jay, all of the sporting events we've experienced together as father and son, everything that we've been through, 
never getting to see a championship, how fitting that as I'm ready to leave the stage, the Browns win the Super Bowl. And I said, yeah, isn't that something? And he goes, now wait a minute. The, the Giants are undefeated, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, <laughs> right. yes, they are. And the Giants won the Super Bowl last year, right? Yeah. And I said, they did. And he goes, well, then that, that's it. That means that we won the Super Bowl. All these years, we've been waiting for this. And as I'm getting ready to leave, they gave us the Super Bowl. And my dad died, died thinking the Browns won the Super Bowl. He's like, he, he's like, yo, I'm taking it. I'm taking this, this one. I'm it like, counts for me. <laughs> for me, it was the Super Bowl. Right. So I know there have been more meaningful wins as, you know, since they've been back in 99. Mm-hmm. Wins that made you feel better. But for me, that October night, two or three days before my dad passed, was it for me. Yeah. Because my love of sports came from him. Yeah. And we thought we were going to break the championship drought and finally get to see one together in 07 when the Indians made it to the ALCS and they had a three games to one lead on the Red Sox. Look, and look at you. I know. Or three games to two lead. I flew out to Arizona and they lost game six and they lost game seven. And they didn't go to the World Series. When they was up through, when did Dennis Bird, who was pitching? I don't know because I actually had to watch that game on delay with my dad. Mm. When I flew, I I said, I'm turning off my phone. I had the car scheduled to pick me up at the airport and take me to my dad's house, my mom and dad's house in Phoenix. And my dad had said, I'm not going to watch it. I'm not answering the house phone. No one's answering the cell phone. (laughs) We'll watch it together. I like that. I'm getting up to get off the plane, and a guy recognizes me from Cold Pizza and says, Jay, I'm sorry about your Indians. And I I almost had a heart attack. I'm like, what? what? Oh, you didn't hear that they lost? I had to go to Phoenix, go to my dad's house, and sit there and watch a game with my dad that I already knew they got pounded. That hurts. And what was interesting to me was because I knew the outcome and he didn't, it was fascinating for me. And again, he was still he was fighting cancer the whole last several years of his life. He knew that that would probably be our last chance to do it. They fall down big early. Red Sox keep piling on runs. And here's my dad, body all riddled with cancer, saying, hey, this isn't over. Come on. I mean, we get a couple here. We get a couple. There, and I already knew the outcome. <laughs> when you know, when you know them couple ain't coming... That's devastating. I when knew. You, when you knew, when you knew them, but the I, rally was not to but be I had. Know. It it's was still, horrible. I, so for my dad to think right before he died that we won the Super Bowl because we beat the undefeated defending Super Bowl champs, I don't know that there will be a more meaningful Browns game for me ever. And you know what? If it, if it wasn't for that, I knew Jay was going. I thought he was going to go to the the Baker Mayfield <laughs> comeback in Cincinnati for. That was a big win. Though, that, was, that was that was huge. Like, you got to think about it. Oh, Dale, that went the out. Personal, the personal touch for me. Yeah, that that obviously I mean, was in there. You had to have that number one for the the old the, that game. I remember the game you're talking about, though. Odell jumped on his back and got it, hurt. It, it tore, looked like <laughs> it tore, Odell tore his ACL, and then Baker just riddled oh. off like. What was it? Twenty-eight straight. One points? after another yeah, he, after yeah. another, and, and then it he was, hit DPJ oh, on that, that back shoulder. Cover, yeah, oh back shoulder God. to DPJ. And, 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 and then it was like it was crazy because the narrative was Hollywood Higgins was like, 
unstoppable. A, a real receiver when he was, he was with Baker. Is Hollywood, he, is he still in the league? I don't, I don't think so. Why did he play that kid? He went to Carolina a couple years ago. I don't. He understand. had the sweetest end zone dance or celebration. Uh, he did. Like, and, like he had, like he would, he would be playing, and he would be like they, people. You say he's not a good practice player, um, but he was. If Baker was playing, he's open every play. Uh, it was amazing. He's just open. It's just crazy how you'd have a rapport with a guy like that. And then you got OBJ, and there was just nothing. There. He got he got <clears throat> jumping on somebody's back, right? And and, and I'm looking at like you think only about in it. Brown's lore can that. Happen. I mean, you I, have. I couldn't believe it because it was like I was. He threw the pick. He tried to chase it down. He jumps on somebody's back. <laughs> he tears his ACL. And his ACL is torn. I'm like, how How's, how does that work? <laughs> but but that game was the catalyst for them running <laughs> off them playoff them it, games. It was. It and absolutely they was. Make, they make the playoffs. They got hot. Yep. The rest is history. All right, uh, McNuggets, you want to do a read and move on? I got to read, and then it is time to do a little PFF versus the eye test, which has become one of my favorite things because sometimes I do think we are smarter than the analytic people who get paid to analyze <laughs> stuff by PFF. But before we do that, I want to remind the good people out there that on Fridays from 1230 to 1, we move over from YouTube to WKYC TV Channel 3 with 30 minutes of brand new, never-before-seen content previewing the upcoming game for that Sunday. This week, it'll be 30 minutes on the Colts and the Cleveland Browns as we get ready to hopefully see our team move to 4-2 on the season. So if you can't check it out, we do post it later. But in a perfect world, you guys all watch on Channel 3. If you can't watch on TV because you don't live in Cleveland, you can download the WKYC app on your phone or the WKYC Plus app on your smart TV to watch us live from 1230 to 1 on WKYC. Very good. And with that, it's time to do a little eye test versus the PFF grades. And we've done it different every time this week. I'm running out of ideas, so we may just pick one that we like the best moving forward. But I'm going to give you three guys today in a certain category. So category three options. You tell me who doesn't belong. And okay. then we'll discuss whether or not the PFF graders, evaluators, simulations, however they come up with these grades, match what we saw with our own two eyes. Okay. So are you ready? Very good. The first category we are going with are the highest-graded offensive players on the Browns in this game. The highest-graded players. I'm going to give you three names. One of these three is not one of the three highest offensive Jay players. And before I give you the names, <laughs> before I give you the names, these are people that really played. You had to play at least 25 snaps to be qualified okay. for these. So no one's going to be a weird outlier. He graded a 90 because he played two snaps. Got these it. are all guys who legitimately contributed. So all three right. names. Two were in the top three. One was not. The three names. David Njoku, Amari Cooper, and Dewan Jones. Who's the oddball out here who was not a top three graded player by PFF? Well, this on is Sunday? a sucker question. Um, you want us to say Dewan Jones because we all thought Njoku played pretty well. But did he do anything? No. David Njoku. Yeah, let's go with Njoku. I think it's Dewan Jones. You do. So we have two for. Njoku, one for Dewan, and we have zero correct answers. Believe it or not, David Njoku was the highest-graded offensive player on Sunday, according to PFF. Dewan That's Jones, okay. Okay, the so second highest-graded player. This officially player. puts to – PFF is dead to me. <laughs> They're dead to me. Uh, I thought Amari Cooper played a dead. very good game. PFF, dead. R.I.P. Look. See, that's what I'm saying. They're trying to tell us that our eyes are lying to us. Wrong. I saw this man break two ankles on Sunday. Yeah, wide open. Two ankles. 
crazy, crazy. Like, that's dead, just dude. dumb. <laughs> and do you, know the cra- do you know what the crazy part about Cooper's yeah. grade is? In one blocking, which is part of their overall grade, he graded out at a 76.4. His pass catching grade, which is what we all thought he excelled at, a 68.7. The man. Did he drop anything? T- the man. I don't think so. Look at the catch at the, at, at the sidelines. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. See, this is it, guys. For yeah. me, I'm done. I don't bring like, up PFF grades to me ever again uh, like, anymore. Like, I'm, they're done. I'm, they're dead to me. He mossed Bookmark it. that page. Keep it in the <coughs> system forever. He is a and the fit. next time that Bull starts going, ah, PFF. Hmm. Let me see that. Let me see that. Yeah, that, that. Like he, he, no. He, I agree. I told you some of these, no. some of these are way off. This but week. this is the one that for me, I'm done. So I, I'm I, done. I need to understand. <laughs> I need to understand it. Where's Sam? Where's Sam at? I need to understand how your grade, your pass catching grade, could be a sixty. He didn't drop, drop any, any balls. balls, and he caught a ball that maybe five guys in the league catch. Jay was the most improbable completion of the season, according to ESPN's next gen stats. There you go, and so, we're gonna give him a D. <clears throat> Sorry, PFF. That's crazy, bro. <laughs> Don't even bring what do you gotta PFF do to get an eighty? Oh man! Come on, man. All right, next up, we're going to go to the lowest-graded offensive players category. These were the lowest-graded. Two of these three. It ain't Jay Wheels. Two of these three (laughs) were the lowest-graded players on the Browns, and one of them was not. Let's see the list. I ain't going. Who doesn't belong on the lowest offensive-graded players? P.J. Walker, D.P.J., or Elijah Moore? Okay, so if (coughs) – DPJ has to be on there. No, he he had, he one had no catches. Yeah, one he target. did have a really nice block on the touchdown run. That <clears> ain't <throat> enough to give him. I'm telling you, with PFF, he might be a hundred. That's mean, ridiculous. But, but think about if, like, if, if it ain't DPJ, they're dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. Hold on, hold on. If, if it ain't DPJ, hold on. But you gotta think about it. PJ Walker had a game-winning drive with no completions. Yeah, well, he gets no points for that. I, I, they got two real and big, two timely crazy penalties. picks. So you said PJ Walker is the lowest? I, it's got to no, no, be. G, G, I'm telling you, <coughs> two of these three are the two lowest. Who yeah, isn't? Give who me isn't the lowest. My eyes tell me PJ Walker ain't the lowest. To Elijah me. Moore is the lowest because DPJ had one target and zero catches, so he clearly wasn't getting separation. He did have the nice block on the Kareem Hunt touchdown. <laughs> I got to give him points for that. Uh, but Elijah Moore. It's PJ. I'm going to go with PJ Walker. I'm going He's with not, PJ he Walker. shouldn't be in this list. So you say PJ Walker should not be in the bottom well, you three. Got, I'm going with Elijah Moore. You're going Elijah Moore should not be in the bottom three. Yeah. Tyvis, who are you saying should not be in the bottom three? Go with DPJ so one of us gets it right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I go with DPJ for time's sake. So, for question's sake. Jay, who just quit. On PFF has gotten this one right. Let's see the grades. PJ Walker was the lowest graded Brown on either side of the ball with a 26.4 grade. DPJ, a 51.7. Elijah Moore, a 57.6. That was their fifth lowest grade. I mean, that was easy just because Walker was not great. He threw the two picks, didn't throw a touchdown. The winning drive he gets no points for because they had two major (coughs) touchdown penalties. Uh, And DPJ. Had the block. He, I, I would, yo. So he gets 50? <laughs> he gets, I, I, gets something. I'm going to tell you what. What did they, Elijah Moore do? They're dead to me. <laughs> Don't even talk to me I, about I'm, PFF I'm, either. Because I, I'm going to let you that's know. A, that's abysmal. Hey, d- d- Walker played not at the euphoria. You know, we done had a lot of, a lot of surgeries, Jay. 
you know, had some surgeries too. You know, when that Novocaine or when that when that anesthesia wear off. Yeah, and it gets real. And, and that next night you wake up and you know they, hey, they, you know, we on the opioid strike. You know, they be real, they be rationing them opioid. You get three. You get three oxys. They, they send you home with them. Then you get you, them. They, they, then you gonna yeah. start chewing on them Tylenols. That's yeah. why you That's get it exactly out. what it is. I don't know if you ever had <laughs> this, but on my last ACL replacement, right? They did this on the first two also, but they send you home with a morphine ball. So it's a little plastic ball. <laughs> when, when was this? This then, was 2012, maybe 13. Yeah, you okay. tore your ACL. That they had a Jeez. so the morphine ball is it's a, a plastic ball that's that's uh, filled with morphine, and it's got an IV that comes out of it and it goes into your hand right here. And who puts the IV in? The doctor does before oh. they send you home. Okay. So after surgery, you know I want to get home as soon as possible. I want to be in my com- the comfort of my house. Mm-hmm. So the last thing my surgeon says to me is Jay. I know you're a fidget. Don't pull that out because this is the only thing that's keeping you from feeling extreme pain right now. Mm. And this will last 24 hours. It's a slow drip IV. Whatever you do, don't pull it out. I get out of the car. My wife's helping me. My son's helping me. I'm all crutched up. I get into my spot. I'm sitting down in my chair. Within five minutes, I pull out the IV. What is the matter with I you? I don't know. I'm a <laughs> child. <laughs> that, that, that tape down? It was taped. And there was a piece of tape on it. And boom, I, I made a sudden movement, turned something. And I'm like, oh, no. And I see drips coming out of the needle. <laughs> and I'm like, Trace, I just pulled out my... She goes, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. You're kidding. Because that was something would be something I would kid about. I said, no. So I was pain-free, drug-free... If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Four four hours after surgery, I sat in a post-op for a couple hours. I would have been, yeah. been right to the local ER. So that ER, feeling that you're talking yeah. about, I'm like, it, I, I, was sweating, I was sweating, worried about it because it because it hits you with that moment of oh, clarity, oh. and you and you'd be like, yeah, you know, you know, because at first you don't feel anything, you don't even know you have a leg, you and then all of a back, sudden, oh God. I'm like, oh babe, ah, there's ah. something deep in the recesses ah, of my knee that feels ah. like it just exploded. That's a fact. Hey, yeah. it's no fun, man. Yeah, it is hey, by the way, by the way, the analogy to finish it off, PJ Walker after surgery, after <laughs> after 24 hours, I looked at your performance. The Browns need another quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> we will get into that more later. <laughs> next up, next up, offensive linemen <laughs> graded in the 60s. So one of these three did not grade in the 60s. Okay. Jed Wheels. <laughs> Wyatt Teller, Michael Dunn, Jed Wills, who did not grade Jed in the 60s. Wills, I ain't moving Jed, the answer. Jed, Jed Wills, you saying the other two is in the 60s, and this person is higher or lower? Lower. One's lower than in the 60s. The other two are in the 60s. Who did not okay, grade so in the One's 60s. in the 40s, 50s, 30s maybe? I'll tell you, one's in the 50s, two are in the 60s. Who's in the 50s? Okay, so it's going to be close. Michael Dunn. Michael Dunn, he got, he got <laughs> dropped. No, you know what? I, I think Michael Dunn did okay, man. 
He got dropped. I do. So you go Wyatt Teller? Oh, I, th- oh, oh. I think Jed Wills did okay. I'm going to go Wyatt Teller. No, hold on, hold on. I'm going to be hold honest. On. I did not oh. notice Jed oh, this oh, day. Oh, hold on, so hold on. I got to go either. Wyatt Teller. I'm going to Wyatt Teller. I changed my there mind. There was a couple times I did look at Wyatt Teller, though. <laughs> yeah, Wyatt I, Teller did not get a couple blocks, and he was holding me and lazy on that I on did that not notice Let's Jed. go Wyatt Teller. This is the Wyatt first Teller. game that I didn't yell at outside of the, the penalty he had. Wyatt Teller. Before I tell you the grade let me tell you jed wills had his highest graded pff mm-hmm. grade since week eight of last season god bless his him. highest rated game since Shout out to him. Eddie still in the 50s. let's see who did not <laughs> reach the 60s the answer the answer steve is michael dunn oh, jed wow. wills, wyatt teller both at 69s uh, talk michael me out dunn, of it. 58.4 so jay talk me out of yeah, it I'm man sorry. i'm sorry don't listen to me all right we're gonna move to the defensive side of the ball here we got three defensive categories we're gonna start with the overall highest graded Miles defensive Garrett. players for the Browns. Three of uh, two of these guys <laughs> Miles Garrett. are one and two. One of them is not in the top three. Who's not in the top three? How about okay. JOK, Dalvin Tomlinson, and Miles Garrett? Who's, Who's not, not in the top three? Who is not Dalvin in the top Tomlinson? Three? No, 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 no. Miles Garrett. Jay? No, JOK. JOK. I'm going JOK. God, I thought JOK played. He did. I thought he well. I think he did, too. But this is a sucker question. I think so. That's why I think. It's probably JOK. I think so. He had was everywhere. I got to say, my eye test, JOK played the best game of his time I agree. In, in a Cleveland Browns uniform. I agree. So, with that being said, PFF got this one wrong, and they went with JOK as, as I'm not go with in J-O-K. the top three. So Jay's quit PFF, and then he just completely agreed with PFF's evaluation. JOK was the highest-graded player on either team Good. in this game, the highest grade of his career. He graded out at an 89.8. That's hard to do One of the five highest Telling linebacker you. grades in the NFL this Best season. Best game Miles Garrett, by the way, never grades below a 70. Despite <laughs> having four pressures against Trent, uh, Trent Williams, it was his lowest graded game in over a year as well. You would almost expect that just because it's he's true. going against the best left tackle in the game and a Hall of Famer. Yeah. He's good. What, what, Trent what, Williams. What, what, when they come out good. with a stat that said. What, what Trent Williams grade out? Uh, Trent Williams, I can tell you right now, Trent Williams graded out a very low for him. Sure. 49.2. So, so, so did Miles play that bad? No, if no. he if, if be playing against you, you got a forty-two, and I got almost a seventy. But that, <coughs> so it's that's, Miles. That's like one of those cases of greatness canceling out greatness. Right, they did to me. Yeah, like they they canceled that me boy. Too. They canceled that way <laughs> out, like forty-four. Didn't they say? But I went reverse logic on the JOK. Thing. I did too. I mean, I said JOK played the best, the best but I knowing seen. BFF. They're going to say he played the worst. And here's but just a little comparison because right. we love comparing Miles to the other elite pass rushers in football. Well, he had four pressures on 15 pass rush attempts against Trent Williams. Michael That's a 26.7% Parsons rate. Zero. The week before in the 49ers <laughs> of Dallas, Michael Parsons had zero pressures and eight pass rush attempts. Did you guys see the play Parsons Dang. made yeah, last, last night, night was unbelievable. to seal the game? Unbelievable. I mean, the interception sealed the game yeah. on the next play. Yeah. But that play he made on third down. That was crazy. I, Why didn't like he, have... he got shot out of a cannon. Well, I think he – you know what it is? It's because he's been criticized all week about yeah. not showing up. Well, yeah. that's probably it. Yeah, he, he knew he had to show up yeah. this game. All right, we got two more before we welcome in Mary Kay here. These are, once again, the lowest-graded Browns defensive players. So okay. Two of these guys graded the lowest and the second. I, I think I – One of them isn't just making sure on the same page. Okay. Great. Taki Taki. Delpit oh, and Zadarius guy. Smith. Yeah, I'm going with Taki Taki. 
Yeah. Talkie talkie. As who did it? Grade low. Oh, who did? Oh no, no. That's what I'm saying. This is. Oh, Zadarius Smith. Three are one and two. Of the yeah. lowest, who isn't in the bottom three? Zadarius Smith. Yeah, I would say probably Zadarius yeah, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Three for Zadarius. Three correct answers. Zadarius yeah. Smith, the fifth lowest defensive grade, but frankly, he did not grade out great. And you can take it, no. Steve, if you want. Taki Taki and Delpit, uh, their lowest graded games of the season as well. And look, it's. I mean, it's That's to be expected. Two in a row. Too. Ain't that two in a row for Delpit? They're playing the number one. As soon as we said that segment, Tyvis. Oh my God! We, we, we it's making me look like a fool. I mean, they're playing good people. Step it up. That's what happens. But that's not fair crap. because he I, he only had one coverage, and I think it was one time, and he caught. I think they caught the ball for like six yards. And look, you see how devastating, dangerous this can be? These dudes recorded these numbers played like trash. You know what's Can cool. you imagine what yeah, they're going to look you're like right. if they, was in, if they you know, played you know what else games? is crazy? That's why I asked him, how many times do you think that people, front offices, use y'all grades for negotiations. Yeah, and he, he gassed his answer. He was like, oh, I, I imagine it's Man. used quite a bit in, in, in negotiations. Man, no one's bringing that up. Like, no one's bringing that be, up. Because, because here's the thing. The one thing that they here's, – here's how they can make it better. If they are already in conjunction with the league, right? Yeah. If they can get every NFL team to give them the call sheet, That'll never happen. Yeah, that'll never happen, though. Teams aren't letting that go. Why would, they, yeah, why would you do that? Yeah, they're not letting that go. Uh, well, if they I mean, to... all you'd have to have is somebody on the on the panel that gets a hold of the game sheet and hands it over to your rival, and now what? Like, they're not going to do that. Yeah, it, 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 and that's okay. Look, I mean, we it is what it is. It's a fun thing to talk about. Sometimes they get it right, and sometimes just based off the eye test, it, they are egregiously wrong. And this Amari Cooper example to me. <laughs> you upset about that. He I am hot he about that. Go. <laughs> well, I watched that he, man play the game of his life in Cleveland. Because he can't, because you, uh, it's, it's physically impossible. You can't have a 61 or 69. You caught everything that was thrown your way. One of them was uncatchable. <laughs> like, what, like, what do you, like, you broke two guys' ankles. And, and was BFF gives you a 61? Because not running got to be a 99. Has to be. Has to be. All right, last one. These are the highest graded defensive backs from the Browns on Sunday. Which one of these is not one of the three highest graded defensive backs? You have Thornhill, Denzel Ward, and Rodney McLeod. I'm going to go Ward. Denzel, he ain't do nothing. No. But now, that, you know, <coughs> they might, he might get credit for that. He didn't have to do I anything. Think you, you can't but get But McLeod and Thornhill, I thought. They made plays. I thought they played great. I thought Thornhill's, maybe Thornhill's is the lowest. Ward's is the highest. No. And let's see. Wow, Thornhill really? actually graded out the highest of any Browns DB. He had a 70.1. Wow. Oh, it was close. Damn, McLeod had eight tackles. <laughs> I was surprised by that one as well. Eight tackles, the man got a 54. He was everywhere. <laughs> PFF, RIP. I don't get it. I need a t-shirt. I'm gonna get, okay, can you print up some t-shirts for me? You got the connection. I want PFF, RIP. We got one of Barry Cooper's oh, face on it. You're going to get a lawsuit. They got, they got the on-demand graphic tees ready to go. I want PFF trash underneath. And one of them baskets you throw your documents away on your Microsoft Windows. Delete. Delete. Delete bin. All right. Do we need a read before Mary Kay? I got to do a read as we bring in Mary Kay Cabot here. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, 
Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.